Привет, меня зовут Кейти Харрисон, и я живу в небольшом городе в Англии, который называется Ноттингем. Я вам говорю по-русски, и вы теперь слушаете The Fluent Show. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk. That's a website where you can find courses and tips to help you succeed in learning another language. And I'm here on The Fluent Show to talk to you about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. Hello, Fluent fam. Hello, listeners. Wonderful speaking to you today. Today, on this Tuesday, I'm actually recording on the Tuesday before the show comes out. I've been waiting so that I can get all my announcements in order. So everything is kind of all in order for you today. And I have such a positive, exciting question and solo show. And I think you're really going to enjoy today's show, as you always do, hopefully. So let's start with the sponsor. The Fluent Show is supported by Link. Link is a, it's just this magical software. It's really great, really clever software that helps you read and listen to content that you love. And that could be YouTube or you could have a podcast that you found on Link or that you have imported your own Kindle books and any kind of articles that you find online. And then you learn new words and phrases, track your progress, kind of review those vocab items, and most importantly, enjoy the language. Use your language as you are learning it, and we know that is the best way to learn. And Link is set up really, really well for that. They're offering Fluent Show listeners 35% off selected premium plans. Great deal there. When you get your subscription through the link, link, and that is as follows, fluentlanguage.co.uk slash read more. That's link, L-I-N-G-Q. And you don't even need a discount code. Just make sure you sign up using fluentlanguage.co.uk slash read more. For those of you who are already on link and who are wondering why you should join a premium plan, you're going to get a lot more on the premium plan. So it comes with full import and export tools for any any ebook. We previously mentioned this. So you could go to Project Gutenberg, just download like half the archive, bring it into Link, and Link is going to work with that. And that's so cool. You also get offline access and unlimited links so you can study to your heart's content. Thank you so much to Link for supporting the Fluent Show. Now, Fluent Fam, Fluent Show listeners, I wanted to take a few minutes just to give you the kind of full list of announcements. And first of all, I have been getting a few questions recently and I completely know exactly why. Because as this show is coming out, we are looking ahead to March, the month of March, we're looking ahead to International Women's Day. And you know that usually on International Women's Day, a thing happens. A, a little a little known conference called Women in Language. Yes! But Sad, sad, sad. I think a lot of you have kind of been um, noticing your, your women in language senses were tingling that usually the conference happens on that weekend. But let me be straight with you. I, I've, I've 
bought a house that is still getting built and hasn't been finished yet. And we've been waiting for two months for people to tell us when the house is going to be finished. And the problem with that is not the, the waiting, because I don't mind. I don't mind. I'll let them finish whenever they finish. The problem is that I don't know when I'm going to move house and I've got this big, like, massive thing looming over me. It's very stressful. And uh, the closer we came to the March date, the more it looked like, Jesus, I'm going to have to move during Women in Language. And that is not possible. And I'm not the only one who has just who has this. You know, there's three of us organizing Women in Language. My lovely co-host, Lindsay and Shannon, who you already heard on the show this year. Shannon is going to be on the other side of the world that weekend. Uh, she's attending a work event and we can't just dump it all on one of us. This is a team effort. So I ask you to, to be patient a little bit with us because we run this as a team of three. We just had so much on during March that is why it's not happening on the usual date this year. We are going to get there and we're aiming to choose a new date and announce it to you sooner. So make sure you get on that Women in Language email list and I'm going to put a link in the show notes so that you, you do get on through that list. Now, I do, however, <laughs> as I said about this whole house thing, um, I could do like a little thing. So instead of a full-on four-day conference during that weekend, I thought, let's have some fun. Let's do something enjoyable and let's kind of, you know, stretch stretch my teaching skills and stuff. So I invite you because I am running something. Oh my God, I'm running a Welsh live class. Ah, a diawl. <laughs> I am so excited about this. I've never done this before. I have not taught the Welsh language and I just decided to just throw myself at it. It's called the Language Dabbler's Guide to Welsh and it is for you if you're a language dabbler and you've heard me talking about Welsh and you're kind of curious and you're kind of thinking, I'd like to just learn a little bit, maybe like an, an hour of, of Welsh. That's That's about it. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Well, don't worry. I've got the class for you. I'm writing it. I'm putting it all together. You're going to join me live if you wish, or you can watch the replay as much as you want. And you'll be learning whatever you want to learn about the Welsh language. And that is at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash Welsh dash dabblers. Dabblers. And I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. And finally, a few little extra things podcast related. I want to thank the large amount of you, nearly 10 of you, for the Patreon support after my recent episode sharing more about the show behind the scenes. You've, um, honestly, you warmed my heart. It was, it was lovely. And this is just your reminder that you can now support The Fluent Show on our brand new $2 a month level. That is just $24 a year. The patron benefits for the $2 level are access to the Patreon patron exclusive feed with added posts, early access bonus clips. I'm going to be issuing a discount code for the Welsh training so that you can get my usual courses for a discount. And we've just hit the first goal with more than 20 new patrons. So there's real momentum and I can't wait to welcome you there. By the way, I have also been working hard on improving the Fluent Show's Pod Chaser profile. So if you've never used Pod Chaser before, have a look at my new list of podcasts for language lovers. Again, link in the show notes, their goal, the Podchaser goal, is that they're going to be IMDb 
but for podcasts. So really interesting. You can see who's been a guest on whose show and the information on Podchaser is growing every day. You can follow the Fluent Show on there, review each episode, review the whole show, share and build your own feed. It's very, very cool. So if you're a hardcore podcast listener, check out Podchaser. And again, that's all in the show notes. This is the end of the announcements. Bing, bing. Now, this week's question comes from long-term supporter and major superstar Elizabeth, who sent me this question from the Intermediate Seas, but from a particular situation. And that is, she has started switching from one focus language to the other. Elizabeth is a long-term French learner, spent a few years, few good years learning French and has recently started learning Spanish. So that kind of switch come, came with a few worries for her. And here is what Elizabeth said. Let's talk about the original question. I'm terrified that I will lose what I have learned in French. I've only got so many hours on, in the day. Because of this, my French practice will be limited. I only have two 30-minute language exchange sessions per week, as well as reading and watching TV in French. Everything else will be in Spanish. Those who don't speak French think I'm totally fluent because I'm very good at wriggling my way around words I don't know and laughing off any blunders. While at a solid B1 in speaking and C1 in reading French, I have got a good deal of French under my belt, but it feels like it would never be enough. Spanish and learning a third language is a new territory for me. So here, here are my questions. How many years had you been learning English before you started learning French? I know it's different because you were in school. So maybe a better question would be, when did you know you were ready to start Mandarin? So Elizabeth is referring to the fact that I'm learning Mandarin and switched kind of from Welsh to Mandarin for a while. How do you keep your Welsh healthy, happy and well fed? What does a two language study routine look like for you? Oh, so four, four, five questions. Oh, this is a hard one. Let's just start by admitting one thing. It is difficult to learn several languages together. You may forget some, you may lose some, but hey, but you're learning more than one language. So it's, it's all worth it. And I want to start off by, before I go into my own story, I want to give you some useful resources if you have not Check these out before. I have several archive episodes about learning more than one language at once that I want to recommend to you here. And they are episode 144, Maintaining Old Languages, where I talked about metalinguistic awareness and all the language learning skill that you already have. So that's a great one if you're worried about losing your first language. Episode 75, How to Learn Several Languages at the Same Time. And that comes with a fancy blog article. And it's an episode with Lindsay. So if you like the back and forth with Lindsay and me, go to episode 75. Then there is episode 159, which gives you tips about how to handle laddering. And that is learning one language through the medium of another. Challenging but possible. And finally, episode 128, which is called When is the Right Time to Start Learning Another Language? So Elizabeth, 128 is particularly relevant to you. And you can find all these episodes by going to fluent.show slash and just typing the number of the episode. Now, as you can see, it's a recurring question. So today, instead of more research and tips, I thought I'll share a bit more about my own language learning and what conclusions we may be able to draw from that and when I switched. Altogether, I have studied... I'm bad at counting this. You know, when people when people say, I know nine languages or whatever, I, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's nine or ten, depending on how you count. So my first 
ever foreign language when I was 10 years old. Well, except for bits of doubles beforehand, you know, childhood doubles. My first language was English in school. This is when I was 10 years old. Before that, I had never really had a formal language learning lesson ever before. I started learning English in school and I remember exactly that in my first ever English lesson, I was just massively excited. I was so here for it. I was ready, ready to become a fluent English speaker. And we had to, we drew pictures of sort of bits of school furniture. And I remember exactly writing the word chair as chair, the musician, because I thought it sounded exactly the same. So, yeah, great start, great success now. <laughs> now, your question, Elizabeth, the next question was, when did I switch from English or when did I add more? I added French. I had no choice, really. I, I was always going to add a second foreign language because that's how my school worked. I had no choice of whether I would do that. And I, no one, no one in my whole school worried that I would start losing English if I start picking up another language. So my choice was French or Latin. I picked French. And from then onwards, this is from age 13 onwards, I did five 45-minute lessons in each of these languages plus homework. That's what it was like in my German school system, and I'm very grateful for that. So five times 45 minutes plus homework. If you do that in English and in French, you, you don't lose any of them. My first element of choice, my first kind of little language experiment, language adventure came in the shape of Italiano. I absolutely did not even think about my goals. My school was started offering this sort of 90 minutes every week afternoon lesson if you want to take it. And they, had off, they offered Spanish or Italian, so I picked Italian. I was 15 years old and I just did it out of interest. Never did I ever think about goals or forgetting and I definitely didn't think about oh I'm going to forget my French they're just different when they're school subjects you kind of are in a different mindset I can't remember if I really learned very much I I can figure out Italian from looking at it now but I just loved it I loved it lots and my pronunciation in Italian I think is very good next language was Latin could be considered an anomaly because it's not a language that you can just walk down the street and chat Still, okay, Latin I added, again, as a five times 45 minutes kind of jobby. I didn't ever worry about losing my English or my French. I stopped learning Italian when I picked up Latin, and I kind of knew I was going to forget my Italian. I think I wasn't prepared for how useless it would make me in Italian. But it wasn't, I just kind of approached it with this point of view of, well, just, you know, it's a shame, but I need the time and I need to do Latin because it was a requirement for getting into many language and teaching related university courses at the time. And I never actually ended up choosing those. So this should really be a lesson for all of us in how to plan for things that never end up happening. Don't do it. Don't plan for things that aren't going to happen. Don't plan for things in case they happen because they might not happen. That's perhaps a slightly less stressful approach to life. So I came out of secondary school having studied English, French, Italian and Latin, being proficient in English, French and Latin and having forgotten Italian. Uh, English, what at this point, I was 
18-ish years old. It was getting better all the time. I was doing lots outside of school school lessons. I was listening to music all day long. I was a walking Britpop encyclopedia. I was obsessed. My English was just getting better all the time because I was I was really into it. My French was also getting better all the time, but way more slowly. I I left. I think I got a D. I got such a bad grade in my in my French exam. No, I got a C minus. I think in my in my in my French leaving exam. I was not a French kind of mastermind. And I kind of didn't care. I didn't even go to France when they offered it to go on school exchange. I, I, my interest wasn't there. Probably, you know, English just took it out of French. My school lessons were not inspiring. And as if my 15-year-old self cared about philosophy or anything, I, I'm still not motivated by being able to read uh, Simone de Beauvoir or Sartre. It's just not my world. And I had identified, however, as a language person in terms of school subjects and in terms of my life. So I loved the language, but there wasn't anything about French, anything that they taught in school culture-wise that really drew me in. I did choose French before, above German in school because I thought French was still more interesting than German. And I also, and I think this is interesting, I tutored French. So that was me, roughly a level B2 writer, B1 speaker maybe and I totally work with complete beginners tutoring is great tutoring and teaching what you know to people at a lower level is such an amazing way and it helped me loads and it made me so much better at French the more I tutored the the better I got at French honestly it was better than anything I did in school I touched on Italian before so just to sum that up Italian kind of came for two years and then it went I didn't really build up any significant skills and in today's terms I would say I was totally dabbling. I can understand it now because Latin and Spanish are very similar but you know there isn't really anything huge there. Um, and then finally Latin is a great foundational language. I'm very grateful I did it and it, it kind of has that meditative boringness that swimming also had. <laughs> so these were my languages leaving school. And then I went straight from from school or from college, you would call it in English. So from the A-level, um, AP kind of level, straight to two more years of very intensive language learning in this course. And once again, I didn't really think about my goal and I didn't have to. My goal was to get better and to manage whatever course and, you know, get this career qualification. Goal setting matters because you need to have clarity and you need to manage your time. So when you are learning by yourself and you're not in full-time education or in an institution, do pay attention to your personal goal. If you are listening to this and you're in university and you're in school, then your environment kind of sets goals for you. And as long as you're happy with those, if you know, if like me, you're like 19 and your full-time education is to get this qualification of Europa Sekretärin, you got, you've got the time for it. You've got the, you know, as long as you have the interest, you're good. You don't have to worry too much about your goals. So those two years, I'm just going to fast forward to the end of them. In those two years, I did, at the end of them, they, I took over 40 exams. So it was a mass, in two months, it was a really intensive course. And at the end of it, my, my French, I would say at the start of it, my French would have probably, my English would have probably qualified as C2. And um, 
I came out with still English at this level because the scale tops out there. My French really improved and I had fun with French because I didn't have to learn literature. I learned how to use it and that's what I wanted. So even though I was like writing business letters and doing purchase order practice in French, didn't care. I was, it felt more real to what my life could be. Um, and then finally, I added Spanish. Spanish was also in this course. In total, I spent about two years doing 50 to 60 hours a week, probably of language learning. So none of this is really relevant <laughs> if you're, um, if you're a, a solo learner. But I wanted to give you that background and because I, I want to reflect on something that I did in school and that I did in college and I did throughout my education, university as well which is to just say yes to any opportunity that somebody came and offered me the opportunity to learn a foreign language, be it French, Italian, Latin, don't care. I was just like, yes, 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 yes. Every language that came my way, I'm just down. I was just down. I don't know why. I just really liked it. And it's given me um, this, you know, now that I'm 20 years on or 15 years on, I can say, oh, cool. You know, I've learned all these languages and I know lots about them. And each of them taught me something really valuable that I can take right into my life each of them enriched my life and I didn't have to become fluent and I have forgotten some of it but it doesn't matter my brain didn't explode I never lost English at the times that I was learning French and actually when I was using all of these I never I don't remember having that much interference that's when you want to say something perhaps in English and French comes out or something and when I did it was actually much, much better than going blank because if you've studied Italian, Latin and French and then you want to talk Spanish and English, and of course, all the other language vocab is going to come to, to to your brain, but it you just kind of say it with a funny Spanish accent and hope for the best. And five times out of out of seven, it it works out. So this is this is all this is all useful stuff. No language lesson I have ever taken in my life has been wasted, ever. And this is just me talking about when I was 20. So let's let's talk about what happened after because I became more of an independent learner. So this is probably more interesting. So let's fast forward through. I went to university in England. I realized my English levels were not all that when I met natives. So my English kept improving, kept improving. I kept my French up because I had committed at that point to learning French. And I was actually enjoying it. Um, took some work where I was full-time speaking lots and lots of French to people on the phone. All of this maintained my French. And I I think I wasn't ready to accept the loss of French ever. So I never gave up on French. I did at various points in my life kind of say, okay, well, if I'm going to lose Italian or if I'm going to lose proficiency in my Latin now, cool, fine. So I didn't practice those. I didn't do anything to keep those. As Elizabeth puts it, what did she say? So lovely. Healthy, happy and well fed. Because there is a point there, if you don't feed your older languages, they do kind of wither a little bit. But I can tell you what, the seed is always planted and I'm not at zero in Latin or in Spanish even now. Like I can handle UK television based nerd quizzes that throw Latin at you. No big deal. My, my biggest language that I started learning independently, I want to skip skip ahead to that, and I'm really skipping quite a few years now. I wasn't an active language learner, I would say, between 2007 and 2011. Um, did keep up my French, visited France or spoke French once or twice a year more intensively. My biggest next language was Russian. 
in 2011. Ruski. And I started, no, it's not Ruski, it's Ruski, isn't it? So great. Everyone who's nerdy about trilling the R's, there you go. I started because of traveling with work. And first, it was just about the Cyrillic. I needed to walk around a lot of streets and navigate, and I didn't want to take a taxi for every single little thing. And uh, wanted to explore the city on foot, but all the street signs were in Cyrillic. So very quickly, I kind of had to get my Cyrillic uh, to a level where I could, I knew where I was. And then I learned a few polite phrases, "spasiba," uh, and and which means money money exchange so that's important um, and then I just got more and more curious and then I started going to a few classes there was a local friend who at the time started this lovely informal Russian learning group and um, I bought books and yeah just kind of dabbled and started and you know got into learning Russian during that I never once worried about whether I would lose my French my English or my German I didn't really consider myself a Spanish or an Italian speaker anymore. So that wasn't a big loss for me. I think you have to kind of decide if you want to let something fade. And you have to, sometimes you have to decide it's okay. Now, between the years of roughly 2000, uh, so in 2012, I got, I got sick. In 2013 is probably when Fluent started kind of coming together and I started picking up a lot of skills as a tutor. I was focused quite heavily on French and German at the start and I'm still kind of learning Russian. So Russian was the language I learned as a learner and German and French were what I was learning to teach. I was getting better and better at teaching and coming a few years into that, my Russian so my my life didn't require me to speak as speak Russian or walk around weird Kazakh cities where you don't really know what's what anymore, and I I kind of dabbled here and there. I dabbled in in Icelandic a little bit, always in Luxembourgish, which I have an emotional connection to, and uh, even while I was learning Russian. I started doing this thing called French Fridays. So I might have done 10, 20 minutes of Russian every day. But then on Fridays, uh-uh, it was French Friday. And I, you know, it doesn't mean my whole life switched into French. But if I was going to do something in a target language, read an article online, watch some kind of video, listen to anything, it was always going to be in French. And then, slowly... But surely I kind of started falling for Welsh. Uh, at first I did a few podcasts, kind of doubled around. And then at some point I was like, do you know what? I'm going to decide to leave Russian on the wayside. And that was a difficult choice because I knew I wasn't solid in Russian. I could tell because I didn't have a lot of speaking practice. My speaking was still fairly on the basic side, like here's what I had for breakfast this morning. And however, I was solid, absolutely solid in reading Cyrillic and that hasn't gone away. And that's kind of where I was at in Russian when I started doing Welsh. Now in Welsh now, I was I was making I was making a sacrifice of the Russian. I said, oh no, you know what, I'm just gonna I came I, I came for the Cyrillic, I came out of curiosity, I got everything I wanted out of Russian, doesn't mean I have to be perfect, and I'm just going to, you know, like I said before, sometimes you just have to decide, like this one's, the level won't go up, the level's probably going to go down, and I'm going to live with that. But like I said, solid in reading Cyrillic, still know, you know, some stuff, and I could pick up Russian a lot quicker than I did first time around. 
in Welsh now, oh, we're in 2020 now, in 2019, that's when I started picking up Chinese and kind of making Welsh less of a focus. I knew I was making two sacrifices. And here are my two sacrifices that I made this time. Less Welsh in my life, but not a lower level. I didn't expect that. And slower, somewhat dodgier Chinese. So with Welsh and Chinese, I, I decided to add Chinese in, do a little bit less Welsh, but I'm not ready to sacrifice my level at all. And it's actually really hard because I love Welsh so much and I would rather get even better at it and lots better I have to get and reach, you know, C levels in, in Welsh than to read, reach like even a B level in, in Chinese. If I had to pick one, I would still pick Welsh. It, it just is, I love it. But I consider my role now, I consider what I, you know, what, how I work and how I, I want to show the community what my language learning looks like. And also I find when I learn new languages, I learn things that I can then apply in my teaching, in my coaching and in everything that I build for you. You know, if I make a course and stuff, you want me to be a language learner. So I consider my role. I want to model commitment as well. And I'm I'm following a bit of curiosity. So I was still ready for Chinese. And I'm I'll have a confession here. I don't think I'm introverted enough. <laughs> I don't think I'm introverted at all. But I don't think I'm introverted enough to exist outside of what people see and what people I, I'm not entirely immune to people's judgment and people's comments. I'm not massively sensitive anymore, I guess, because, you know, working on the internet brings that. But I am pretty extroverted and I want to share what I do and, and I kind of want the feedback and all that kind of stuff and the, the, the conversations. So, so, yep, here I am doing a bit of Chinese. Plus, it's fun. And this is something, again, I want to emphasize for you. Every single one of my languages... It's, it, it's never been about the level overall. If I look back, you know, to over the 20x, 20 plus years that I've been doing this, it's actually not about the level when you come out of it. it. It isn't really. It's about whether you're enjoying it and the level thoughts are much more micro. So that's kind of how you think about in the next six months, in the next 12 months, do I still want to be able to do this? Do I still want to get better at this language? And I think that's... That's the better way to think about it rather than in my life when I'm old, do I still want to be good at French? Then yes, that's fine. But that doesn't mean you need to do French when you're 22 or 25 or 32 or 40. You know what I mean? Like you, you can get there. You can always get it back in a relatively short period of time. Every single one of my languages has been so much fun for me. And I've done English, French, Italian, Latin, Spanish, Polish, Icelandic, Luxembourgish, Welsh, Russian, Chinese, uh, whatever other tiny dips I've did, I did. All of them have been super enjoyable because I love the play and I go about them relatively lightly. By the way, this would be a good chance for me to mention. Have I mentioned that I'm teaching a, a Welsh doublers class? So if you're curious about doubling and you do want to just dip your toe in, just a quick reminder that I'm teaching a Welsh class and it's going to be on the 6th of March live or you can access the replay. But it's a lot. The price goes up after the live class. So do check it out. Just a little plug for my class there, because 
this this really has shown me that there's a reason why I do this. There's a reason why I offer why I'm offering you a language doubler's guide to Welsh. It's not because I want everybody to learn Welsh, but because it's so much fun to bring this out and talk to you and to give you this new perspective. Because every new language gives you a new way of thinking. End of plug. Elizabeth, here are some ideas and here are my conclusions of what you can do that will take you a little bit further and that can help you keep your, let's say, keep your French happy, healthy and well-fed. Tip number one, teach it. Teach French, tutor French, share your lower level French. That way, you know, even if you just help people online who are, who are at a lower level, there will be those people now, guarantee you. That way you will never, never lose it and you'll actually get extremely solid knowledge. Tip number two, Keep saying yes. Don't worry so much about losing your skills. You can get them back really quick whenever you need to. And ha I mean, have you heard my bilingual episodes? I'm I'm not perfect in French and nobody minds. And my levels are still, with, with relatively little practice, I can get my listening straight back into the C levels. No big deal. Tip number three, use that interference. So when you're you're learning French and Spanish together, they're very, very similar. So French is actually going to help you out in Spanish. So lean into that interference. Don't worry so much about, um, oh, when I say this, this comes out in a different language. On the grand scheme of things, it's actually your brain making connections. It's a good, good development. And tip number four, get yourself to a point of solidification. You know, with all, each of your languages. And I think with French... You have a gut feeling that you're there, actually. But for you other listeners, if you're thinking about taking on a new language, what is your level of solid, feeling solid? For me, it's roughly B1, sort of the end of B1, B2. I've read that Lydia Machova, who picks up new languages, does it on a regular basis roughly every two years. She says she does two years and then she moves on. But ultimately, there's no rule. It is a gut feeling. I think you know when you know. And... No, the longer you maintain a language, the longer you've got a language going, it will add to this sense of solidification. When it's just a dabble, you, you do lose it perhaps, but that's because it's a dabble and you're having fun. So when it's a dabble, you lose it. When it's solid, you won't. Simple as that. Tip number five, do intensive sort of re-familiarization weeks where you only study and practice French. Or do French Fridays, but, you know, like pick, keep French in, a, you know, in pods in your life, in country, out of country, in conversation. It, and, you know, even when you do it for a week, you start off really rubbish and then by the end you're that much better. So it's totally worth it. It really is. It boosts your results and makes you feel great. So you, if you feel like, oh, I'm starting to really forget my French, I'm starting to really forget my, my Spanish, my English, who knows? Are you starting to feel like that? <laughs> Then, you know, do an intensive refamiliarization, but you don't need to add it back into your life for five hours every single week. I don't think that you, you need. And um, tip number six is not really a tip, just the kind of dis the perspective, looking back, like I said, on all those 20 plus years. It's kind of who, you know, who, who cares except you. Have fun. Have put fun. Make fun your priority. I think you are, Elizabeth. But for so many other learners, you worry about, you know, your performance and your levels and your this and your that. Have fun first and foremost. If you forget a language along the way, 
that is not a big deal you don't have to be so serious and it's not like like money you know lost and even money you can re-earn and the same with a language you know you've you've got the basic skills of learning a new language making yourself uncomfortable and right challenging yourself those are the skills that matter the most and those are the skills that will make it so much easier to pick up new languages and keep picking up new languages not just for the next like three months but for the next three million billion years <laughs> as, as humanity uh that's that's kind of my my conclusions there i really enjoyed talking to you about everything in this episode i hope you enjoyed it as well it's a bit more insight perhaps into my own languages i hope this this helped i know it's uh, I, I don't want to sound flippant you know like like as if i when i say who cares it's not like i don't care that you, you whether you're getting better or not but i just want to give you this perspective to say don't despair don't worry too much if you know how you're feeling about your French right now and then you encounter an opportunity to use your French and it it won't be as fluent and it bothers you if it bothers you take action but if you come at languages from the perspective that there are so many out there and there's always something new to try out to dabble in to pick up then it is also okay absolutely okay to say no oh, you know what I'm gonna not get better at this language anymore And I might forget some. And trust yourself. This is for all of you listening. Trust yourself that you can regain it because your brain is is magical. And if you're a healthy functioning human, I don't want to, you know, imply anything about brain conditions or whatever that I don't know about. But if you're a healthy functioning human with a standard issue brain, your brain is a magical, magical tool that will remember so much in your target languages. And I know learning is just easier when you're having fun and things stick when you are having fun so those are my perspectives elizabeth i hope you had fun and i hope you're going to keep saying yes to learning new languages because that is the way that really we can live this multilingual life and really do what this show is about loving living and learning languages Listeners, thank you so much for tuning into The Fluent Show today. I hope you enjoyed it. All the links, all the different announcements, everything I mentioned is going to be in the show notes for you. And just a reminder that The Fluent Show is backed by a wonderful community of supporters on Patreon. To find out more about how you can join them and support us with making these weekly podcasts, go to patreon.com slash fluentshow. You can send me feedback, good wishes, bad wishes, uh, or leave us a review anywhere that you get your podcasts and on Podchaser and you can find me on Twitter it is at The Fluent Show on Twitter and I am at Kirsten K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore fluent on Instagram or maybe it's easier to just use hashtag The Fluent Show so there's lots and lots of different ways of getting in touch the email address is hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk I can't wait to hear from you until next week listeners goodbye we'll bow.